Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. Before I get onto our subject today, I want to remind you that we have three Above Rubies family camps coming up. I'll let you know where they are. And uh, if you are anywhere near, uh, do try and uh, see if you can organize everything to come. These family camps are such a wonderful blessing. It's just so great. Families getting together, having great fellowship. Not only the parents, but the children and the teens and even the older children. Oh, they make such great friends and it's just so good. And uh, I think it's so good even for the children and the young people um, at our family retreat down in Panama. I think we have more young people than uh, even parents and children. And it's just so beautiful to see the young people just fellowshipping together. And I have a little secret. Well, Colin and I, we actually met at a family camp so many years ago, away down in New Zealand. And I I believe that Christian family camps are a wonderful way where young people can meet other young people um, and maybe their future husband, maybe their future wife. What a great, what greater place to meet um, someone uh, who has the same convictions that you do. And uh, so anyway, what's coming up? We have one in Missouri, August 13th to the 15th. And you can check it out on my webpage, aboverubies.org, O-R-G. Go there. And uh, you can check out all the information and who you have to contact. Then we have August 20th to 22nd in California, um, up in the hills of San Diego. And we've been having retreats there for many, many years. And then we have another one coming up at the beginning of September, 3rd to 6th of September. That's Labor Day weekend. So we're going to have the whole weekend. That will be so great. So if you want, thinking of what will we do for Labor Weekend, well, think about this Above Ruby's retreat in central Mississippi. And if you are living in any state around Mississippi, well, just, you know, get in the car, come for a drive and and come and join us. It's going to be at the Timber Creek Camp, uh, which is a beautiful lake. And uh, they've got everything there for children and young people, volleyball and gaga ball and canoeing and trails through the woods. And and uh, apparently they have a wonderful Christian staff and cook scrumptious meals. And so look into those retreats. And I just hope that Uh, I may get to see some of you um, at them. That would be so wonderful. Now, ladies, I am still continuing our series of Let's Get Back the Glory. 
And we are currently talking about the subject of clothing. Uh, that's not the only subject in getting back the glory, but we've talked about lots of other things. And now I'm talking about this and I haven't finished yet. So I've got a few more things to share with you. And even, um, even then, I know I'm not going to exhaust everything that I could share. Uh, as I told you in one of my last podcasts, I found... 23 different Hebrew words that are used for clothing in the Old Testament. And then I found 13 different Greek words that are used for clothing in the New Testament. So God speaks a lot about clothing in his word. God is so practical and it's I'm always amazed that anything we want to know about, we'll find it in the Word of God. And even what we have to do every day, we've got to clothe ourselves. Well, God speaks loads about it in His Word. And I'm not going to go through all these Hebrew and Greek words with you, uh, and, but I'll just share a few more things. Now, last time, when Alison Hartman was with me and we talked together about this and I read you that beautiful, beautiful passage from Ezekiel 16. Oh, such a beautiful passage. If you didn't hear last week's podcast, do go back and listen to it again. And one of the phrases in that passage said that God, he said, I will cover your nakedness. It's a, a spiritual allegory, but God is using physical clothing uh, in that passage to describe so much that he does spiritually. God often does that. It's first that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. They are tied up together. God uses the natural to help us to understand the spiritual and then what we have in the spiritual we should have in the natural so it all ties up together and that word in the Hebrew where it says and I will cover your nakedness I told you last time how it means to cover your secret parts one translation says I covered your private parts and we talked about how important it is that we do cover, we cover our private parts. We don't expose ourselves. We, we cover, that's what clothing is all about. It's to cover. We cover amply. We don't uh, clothe ourselves skimpily, no. Most of the words in the New Testament and in the Old, they all have slightly different meanings, but just about everyone means to fully clothe, to cover up. And uh, it's used of the, you know, garments and raiment and a cloak and all these, um, you know, clothes that really clothe you. But I wanted, I didn't have time last time, to just give you a few of the uh, different scriptures where that same word is used. So you get to understand it. Often when we just read one scripture, 
we don't get the full meaning until we look at other scriptures where maybe a diff- it's translated with a different word or it's even talking about a different subject. But it, it gives us a, a further meaning. So that word, which means to cover our secret parts and to hide them, uh, it's used in Genesis 7.19. And the waters prevailed exceedingly upon the earth, and all the high hills that were under the whole of heaven were covered. This is talking about the flood, of course. But it says that all the high hills, even the mountains under the whole of heaven were covered. That flood covered everything. And that's the same word that God uses when he covers our nakedness. He doesn't half cover us. He fully covers us. Genesis 24:65. When Rebekah saw Isaac, her future husband coming, she took a veil and covered herself. Rebecca had been waiting for this man to come. She didn't even know who he would be. But when she saw him coming, she covered herself and went to him. This is how a bride is meant to come to her husband. Not exposed on her wedding day with just, you know, bare shoulders and, you know, just so much uncovered. It's amazing. Brides are so uncovered today. But a bride is meant to go to her husband covered. We go to Genesis 9.23. When Noah's sons, Shem and Japheth, found their father naked, they took a garment and laid it upon both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father in Exodus 28:42 it says and thou shalt make them linen breeches this is talking about the priests the levites to cover their nakedness from the loins even unto the thighs that was an area of the body that God always wanted covered in Psalm 32:1 it says blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven whose sin is covered. When God covers our sin, he doesn't partly cover it. Oh no, he completely covers it. And so that gives us a little more understanding of that word. Now we're up to number point to point number five. And I have, uh, how many points do I have? I think I have 13 points or 12 points. Anyway, Let's see how we go. But this is point number five. God wants us to dress femininely. Deuteronomy 22 verse 5 says, The woman shall not wear that which pertains unto a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so, abomination unto the Lord thy God. God does not want 
male and female to be blurred, nor does he want them to be mixed up. God is against transgender, even in clothing. God wants the woman to look like a woman in her clothing. He wants the man to look like a man in his clothing. Now, does that mean that you are never allowed to wear pants again? Well, no, because when those words were written, both male and female wore long robes. That was mainly the kind of clothing they wore back in those days. They wore um, usually an undergarment, which was a tunic, maybe um, coming to at least the knees or so on. Sometimes it was a long tunic. And people would wear that around the home. But when they went out, they would always put on an outer garment. They, they didn't go out with just one garment. They went with an undergarment, which was a tunic. And then they would have an outer garment. Sometimes, if it was cold, they'd even have a cloak over that. But uh, both men and women did wear those kind of clothes. And so, uh, but there was a difference. There was a difference. And the women uh, wore more feminine clothing. The men, theirs was more rough and coarse and, and darker clothing. The women wore that which was more um, suitable to a woman, which was feminine. And this is the thing that we have to get at. We are women. We are female. We have been created feminine. Now, what does the word feminine mean? Well, I looked it up in the dictionary. Blow, I didn't get time to look it up in the Webster's Dictionary, the, ninth, the 1828. I must do that, and perhaps I'll tell you next session what that dictionary says, because it usually has the most um, fuller meaning of any dictionaries that we have today. Anyway, here are some modern dictionaries that I looked up. It means having the qualities or an appearance traditionally associated with women. For example, a feminine frilled blouse. Well, even a modern dictionary used that example. Another one, characteristic of or appropriate or unique to women. For example, feminine beauty. Another one, belonging to the female sex. Female. Therefore, Female means opposite to male. I think that's pretty straightforward, don't you? Female, opposite to male. Therefore, when we dress, God wants us as females, as his feminine creation, to dress opposite to males. Okay? So I guess that means in whatever society or whatever uh, time in history we are living, uh, we should dress differently than males so that we 
can see easily there is a woman. We know by looking at her she is a woman, but even by the way she is clothed that she is a woman. Now, in our um, current society, men wear um, pants and shirts. That's They didn't back in Bible days, but they do today. And so, what should we do? Well, the amazing thing is that now the trend is that everybody wears pants and shirts. I mean, we do wear them differently. Um, but it's so much like the male. Why is it? Why is it? I'm just asking myself. I'm asking you. Why is it that the more humanistic, the more we have turned away from God's ways, the more now society, and not only secular society, but the Christian society, in fact, you don't really see much difference between secular and Christian in clothing. Pretty well everybody dresses the same, and mainly today, it's jeans and top or some kind of pants and top. Some people will make it look very, very feminine, and that's beautiful, okay? You can wear pants and a beautiful feminine blouse and, and look very feminine. But more and more and more, we're getting away from femininity. What do we have today with most young people? Or well, not even young people. I've seen loads of older people doing this too. But they're just wearing their jeans. Jeans are not feminine. And guys wear jeans. There's, it doesn't really show much difference. Now, sorry ladies, I'm really just coming against culture, aren't I? I'm being counterculture. And I'm not here saying you can't do this. I mean, people are free, free to do what you like. But, but, why don't we want to be feminine? Why? We must ask ourselves that question because this is who God created us. We are his feminine creation. He wants us to reveal our femininity to the world. He wants us to glory in it. And we glory in our clothing. Our clothing is shows who we are. So, so many, yes, even Christians today, they hardly, I know some who hardly have a dress. They just wear their pants and top or jeans and top and that's that's just their uniform. They, they really... Well, they've grown up with it. Maybe that's what their mother wore. That's what everybody's wearing around. And we so gravitate to society and what everybody else is doing. But can I ask you, lovely ladies, to ask yourself the question, why do I not want to be feminine? Why don't I wear more feminine clothes? And this is what the Bible wants. He does not want us to dress like a man. He does not want men to dress like a woman. Imagine, imagine if men, I mean, oh goodness me, I do, I have a friend. And sadly, her 
she's no longer married to this man, but he was a cross-dresser, and he would come out to her, I mean, in her living room, all dressed up in woman's clothes. I mean, he had a problem. And, and there are a number of men like that. It is disgusting. I mean, it is abomination when you see a man trying to dress like a woman. Of course, we have these people now who these transgenders who want to change their whole sex. That's totally anti-God. It's even anti-God to dress like a woman if you're a man. And so, <clears throat> why is it that so many women dress like men? Now, do I wear pants? Yes, out in the garden. I mean, if I've got to get out there in that garden, I'm down on my knees and I'm digging and I'm in the mud and, and uh, I'm, I'm just getting my old pants on. And, and um, you know, I don't ride horses now, but when I was young, I used to ride horses. My father was a great dog trainer, horse trainer, broke in horses, and I was blessed to have a beautiful thoroughbred. And uh, I used to ride this beautiful horse and I always rode with pants on. I, I didn't ever learn to ride side saddle um, as they did in earlier days from me. They, the ladies would have to learn side saddle. But of course I would wear pants, although I haven't read, ridden horses for years. And, um, you know, if I'm going hiking, well, I'm going to put some pants on. And uh, so there are places where I will wear pants. But I don't like to wear them in my, you know, normal day around the home, especially when I go out, especially when I go to worship and to church. I mean, I want to, I want to bring glory to God in who he created me to be. I remember one time, oh goodness me, and you know, you, your husband, I guess he's so used to pants, the women wearing pants, because it's just the, it's just society that he just accepts it. But my husband, I mean, he doesn't have a problem with other people, but he, he just never liked me wearing pants. Well, he doesn't mind when I, you know, hiking, gardening, doing all those kind of things. But he doesn't like me to wear pants around or to wear jeans. In fact, I've never wear, worn a pair of jeans in my life because my husband just, oh, he wouldn't be able to stand my doing it. That's just him. Okay, but one time, this was quite a number of years ago, I was flying back from New Zealand because we, um, you know, come from New Zealand and uh, we would go back frequently to see family and I would go back to minister there and I was flying back this long long trip when you fly back from New Zealand or fly to New Zealand by the time you leave by the time you get there you've been flying and stopping and waiting and for about 30 plus hours or so and I thought oh I'll just wear these pants they're so comfortable and you know I'll just wear them on the journey and anyway it came, I arrived here in the States and my husband was there waiting to meet, him, meet me. And I'll never forget, now this may sound so strange to you because, I mean, even men today, they're just so used to women wearing their pants everywhere. But my husband didn't say anything, but I saw him look 
and I saw the disappointment in his eye. He he knew I that I knew that he didn't really like me wearing them, but I'd done it. And he never said anything. But I knew I felt his disappointment. And so I didn't do it again. In fact, now you know often this happens quite often, except since this pandemic's been around, we haven't been flying so much, but usually I am flying quite a lot and going to speak at Above Ruby's retreats and and uh, this weekend's away and I'd come home and my husband is always there waiting for me. And I have to admit, after being married for 58 years, it's still so exciting to be walking up with all the travelers and knowing my husband is going to be waiting there. I think the most handsome man in the whole of the world. And he is waiting for me to come and he's watching and he's looking. And I know he's going to see this woman who's not like everybody else. Maybe I'm the only one who's not arriving with just jeans and top or pants and top. And I'm wearing because I love now to wear something lovely when I'm going to meet him. So I'm wearing a dress or wearing a skirt or wearing something lovely so that when he sees me, he's going to be so excited. And we're always so excited to see one another, even after a weekend. So that's just my little experience. And uh, I'm just not putting anything any on anybody. But I do feel we should ask questions. And I believe in this day of transgender. And uh, we should be uh, more than ever. We as women should seek to show our femininity. We should be feminine uh, in the, who we are. And we should clothe ourselves femininely. This is basic. This is foundational. And I believe that we, we are a hindrance, really, to what God wants. He wants such distinction between male and female. But here's a little point. You can be feminine and not modest. And ladies, did you know, you can be modest and not feminine. God actually wants us to be both. Sometimes I'll see a beautiful dress. Oh, it's so gorgeous. And it's beautifully feminine. And then I look and, oh, but the person wearing it is showing cleavage. I mean, this beautiful feminine dress is spoiled because the person is exposing themselves. They're not fully clothing their secret, their private parts. But then on the other hand, there are sectors of the Christian society who do wear very modest clothing. Oh, they believe in modesty. But really, they're not very feminine at all. Their clothes are dark colors and, and they look like sacks. And, and there was that trend don't see it so often now where so many women 
you'd often see it amongst the homeschooling movement, they wear these denim jumpers and they were just like this sack covered everything, um, you know, inside. But they were just so boring and so unfeminine. And so there was a balance. We have to seek to find clothes that are feminine and that are modest. It's not always easy to find them in the shops these days. But you know what, ladies? You can find them on the internet. It's unbelievable how many beautiful, beautiful dresses that there are out there on the internet. Oh, I love every single time I see my lovely granddaughter, Meadow. She is always in a beautiful dress. Oh, she loves to dress femininely. And I'll say, oh, Meadow, where did you get that dress? It's so beautiful. Oh, on the internet. And even her mother, Pearl, she has so many beautiful dresses too. And she'll come to church in this lovely, gorgeous dress. It's just beautiful. Pearly, where did you get that dress? Oh, on the internet. And uh, so I thought, oh, goodness, I better start looking myself. And so it's amazing. I've just seen so many beautiful dresses, dresses that are maybe, um, you know, three-quarter length, some are long. You don't have to wear long dresses all the time. Even three-quarter are lovely. I think dresses should be, you know, at least to the knee or below the knee um, because... You know, it's not just what they look like when you're standing, but when you sit and uh, when you bend over. Even when you sit, you know, if you have, um, you need a dress of considerable length to just cover you, you know. Um, and of course, even learning to sit correctly. Oh, I think it's because of so many women wearing pants and jeans that they have forgotten how to sit and they even begin to sit like a man i see young people today sitting with their legs crossed not like a woman crosses her legs but her legs with one leg crossed right over like men sit that is so unfeminine it is so like a man and it's so sad to see beautiful young girls and women actually even sitting like a man. Well, if they're dressing like a man, they're going to start sitting like a man. But there is a way for a woman to sit. You can sit with your legs crossed properly, or you can sit with your legs together sideways. Have a look at the queen, see how she sits. I mean, that is total etiquette. And we should teach learn ourselves and teach our daughters how we are to sit. That's part of being feminine also. So lovely ladies, yes, um, let's get with it, shall we? I love Philippians, um, what is the reference here? Philippians 1, 9 and 10, and it says, that ye may approve things that are excellent that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. The word excellent there is diaphoro, and it means to differ, to be better. 
to differ from, to be more excellent, to be of more value. Well, let's look at some other places where that same word is used. In Matthew 6, 26, Jesus is talking about how he feeds the birds of the air and looks after them. And then he says, are you not much better than they? That's the same word, excellent. In Matthew 10, 29, Jesus was telling the people how not one sparrow falls to the ground without him knowing. And then he says, and you are of more value than many sparrows. That same word. You see, that same word, excellent, more excellent, um, I think it relates even to clothing. We should, why do we just stick to you know, just what everybody's doing. There is a more excellent way. The more excellent way is the more feminine way because it's who God created us to be. I wonder if anyone's bold enough, courageous enough to stand out a little bit and dress more femininely more often. Maybe just start trying it a little bit. Maybe when you go out, perhaps, you know, order a couple of lovely dresses. Wear them when you go out. Oh, I think your husband will even be so happy to see you in them. Actually, it will be quite a change. Now, Matthew 12, 11 and 12, Jesus tells the parable of a shepherd having one sheep that falls into a pit on the Sabbath day. And how he won't leave it there, but he goes and rescues it and lifts it out. And then Jesus said, how much then is a man better than a sheep? 1 Corinthians fifteen forty one. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory of the stars. For one star differeth from another star in glory. And ladies, we are meant to differ from man in the way we clothe ourselves. We are to be different. So, there it is. Number six, God wants us to dress modestly. We read in 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10, the women should dress themselves modestly and prudently. Well, we talked about that in the last point, didn't we? How that, yes, modestly is important, but we want to couple it with femininity. And remember, once again, we don't just have femininity without modesty. They're twins that need to go together. Number seven, God wants us to dress like royalty. Why? Because we belong to him. And he is king of kings and lord of lords. We belong to a royal kingdom. In that beautiful passage in Ezekiel chapter 16, where God gives this allegory about clothing us, it's talking about spiritually, but it says here in the New Living Translation in verse 13, you looked like a queen, and so you were. And in the um, ESV, it says, 
you grew exceedingly beautiful and advanced to royalty. And uh, yes, in Psalm uh, 45 too, it talks there uh, about the bride being brought to the king, you know, uh, dressed like royalty. And so we should keep that in mind as I close this session. Remember, we are to be queens and princesses. We need to teach our children that they are princesses. They belong to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that also helps us just to up our standard a little bit. Okay, time is gone and I've still got some more things to share. So we'll carry on next session if you can take it. Do you think you can come in for another session? Still some interesting things to talk about. Dear Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that it teaches us the way. Thank you that you created us female. Lord God, help us to be who you created us to be. Help us to live how you want us to live. Help us, Lord God, to clothe ourselves how you want us to clothe ourselves as women. Teach us what it means to dress femininely. Lord God, we pray that you will help us to be those who are not just totally taken up by the spirit of this world, but you will help us to be um, living how you want us to be, even in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.